all the games I used to play in my younger wilder days. The game of clubs and tees had never crossed my mind. But after some discussion with my closest, dearest friends, I decided that I'd give it one good try. That was my first big mistake. Welcome into the Turn Fantasy Golf Podcast. My name is Andrew Putters, and I'm with my buddy Joe Nicely from rotoballer.com. Here we are for another week of golf coverage for you. DraftKings, DFS, FanDuel, you name it, we got it. Joe, Rotoballer 2021, how we doing? Yeah, man, doing great, Andrew. Good to see you. Don't forget about betting. Um, that's uh, something we started focusing on over at Rotoballer very heavily. My guy Spencer is absolutely killing it over there. Had Max Homa last week, Daniel Berger two weeks ago. So make sure and sign up for Roto Baller PGA Premium. You can check out Spencer's Vegas report every week. Um, he's doing amazing work uh, on a week like this where it's a new course uh, for the WGC. You can check out Josh Bennett's course breakdown. We feel like that's a great tool to have. Um, so really encourage you to get over to Roto, Roto Baller. Use promo code NICE, N-I-C-E. And it's 69 bucks for the rest of the year. There you go. Rotoballer.com, your number one spot to go online for all your daily fantasy needs. All sports across the board. Let's stick with golf here, Joe. Last week, Genesis Invitational. Uh, PJ Tour still calls it the Genesis Open. I don't understand that, but it's the Genesis Invitational. Anyway, uh, did not did not disappoint. Um Max Homa takes down the title in a playoff against Tony Finau. I mean, just sounds like a regular week on tour. Tony Finau, second place. So, uh, first of all, your thoughts about Riviera, your thoughts about the tournament, your thoughts about Max Homa, Tony Finau. Uh, let's let's talk about it a little bit. Yeah, man, I absolutely love the tournament. We talked about it last week. Uh, just consistently one of the best on the PGA Tour schedule every single year, and the Riviera came through again huge. Um, Showed extremely well out there. Had a little win on Saturday that kind of delayed things, but I absolutely love the golf course. Love the tournament. Uh, never fails to disappoint. Max Homa, hometown boy, coming through with the win in the playoff over Tony. Um, Max Homa's a player we really liked this year. Uh, rostered him a lot. Uh, Tony, of course, is a, is one of our favorites, a player that we love, the guy that we love to talk about, guy we locked her law on in DFS, but another great performance without a win um not really much more you can say the guy's been on a tear this year he's played well that was his third top five in his last three starts um just uh did everything needed in the final round really to win andrew shot 66 had the tied for the low round of the tournament uh came out sunday in tough conditions kind of in the position that we thought he would need to be in order to maybe win a tournament which was coming from behind and he did everything he could do to get there, but just couldn't come through in the playoff. So another letdown for Tony. Um, really good week for me. Uh, my best one yet uh, this year, so feeling good about that. Um, was huge on Cantlay, had some Homa, um, huge on Victor Hovland. So really good week uh, DFS-wise. Um, kind of kind of looking forward to uh, digging in this week. We got a WGC coming up. A lot of unknowns this week. Um, Never, never seen this course on the schedule before. So, WGCs are always a little weird with no cut and a smaller field. So, a lot we're going to dive into, man. Uh, another great field and and a really cool golf course that we're kind of getting to see for the first time. So, it's exciting. Um, Genesis was great, and looking forward to another good week this week. 
Yeah, do you think the wind maybe took a little bit away from the golf course as far as um, – I mean, there was about a 30-minute stretch there that it could have, the whistle could have been blown before it was, uh, balls getting blown off the green. There's been some talk about, you know, 10 was – hole number 10 talked about as one of the best holes on the PGA Tour every year, you know, 300 or 295 to 320-yard par four. That is reachable yet not drivable. There's guys that get within 30 foot of the pin on their drive and end up walking away with bogey or double bogey. There's been talks that maybe it's, um, I don't know, that the green speed along with the new design of the of the green there, it might uh, it might take away a little bit from the hole, might goof it up a little bit too much. What What's your thoughts on that as far as weather? <laughs> Maybe that hole in particular, because this is the number one, like I said, most talked about hole. Maybe besides twelve and thirteen at Augusta every every year. Yeah, um, I, I love the hole, man. Personally, I, I like that it's a challenge. I mean, otherwise, it's just a super long par three. Um, there, there's kind of some strategy that goes into it the way it is, um, which which we're seeing almost everybody in the field go for it now. Um, whereas we used to see a lot of guys lay up. Um, that's pretty much changed over the last couple of years, um, whether they're kind of relying on analytics or not, but almost everybody in the field is going for it. Um, like you said, it's a, it's a tough green, um, which, which kind of makes it fun when it, when it's drivable. Um, so I, I really enjoy the hole. I like the way it's playing as far as the wind. I think, I think it was fine on, on Saturday, uh, handling it the way they did. You'll hear a lot of guys argue that in the past, you know, 10, 20 years ago, they wouldn't have even blown the whistle. They would have, they would have let those guys play through it. Um, and then you have kind of some people complaining that they didn't blow it soon enough. So you're always going to have uh, detractors anytime there's kind of a, a call that has to be made that isn't maybe 100% clear. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things where you kind of go with the go with the guys that are there making those calls. I mean, I think it's fine. Um, you, you want guys to play in similar conditions. So, you know, the, I think they did the best they could there. Um, so it, as far as the golf course, man, it, I, I love the golf course. Um, we saw it play firm and fast, um, had some teeth to it, which I like. The rough isn't super deep, um, but the golf course still plays tough for these guys, which I, I enjoy seeing. I enjoy seeing shot making, enjoy seeing guys being creative on and around the greens, which is what we saw a lot of. So yeah, man, just just love Riviera. I uh, love the way that tournament went. Yeah, I, I mean, it's never going to disappoint, really. Uh, overall, I mean, best best non-major golf tournament, golf course by far on tour. Everybody talks about it every year. Not anybody ever says anything bad about it. What's really cool is seeing the home uh, the home course guy take the, take the championship. That usually don't see that. Um, now they might, might have an advantage or whatever, but usually there's almost – they put too much pressure on themselves. So, Max Homa, man, uh, has had good good finishes here in the past and he can bring home the championship this time. He said it was really cool to meet Tiger Woods too. So, <laughs> um, that might have been just him joking around. But uh, let's move on. Well, World Golf Championship at the concessions coming up this week in Bradenton, Florida. Um, at the concession golf club, like you said, uh, former uh, – uh, WGC is held in, in Mexico City at that that very prestigious club down there and really hate to not see that event this year because, I mean, it, the golf course is amazing. It brings such a different look as there's probably 
I don't know. They can probably put it eagle maybe six times on that golf course. They hit it, you know, hit perfect shot. They're at least, you know, number one, they're hitting three wood into par four. I mean, it's, it's exciting golf tournament, but we'll be there back there next year after this COVID stuff's gone. But concession golf club, like you said, never been touched by the PGA tour, uh, 2015 hosted the NCAA men's golf championship. Um, this course was designed in 2006 by Tony Jacklin and Jack Nicholas. Uh, interesting fact about it, the concession name came from uh, in recognition of Jack Nicholas conceding his two-foot putt in the Ryder Cup match to just retain the cup in 1969. Very interesting um, uh, note on that. Uh, was named 2006 Best New Private Golf Club in America. Um, I mean, Jack Nicholas, uh, far he was on the course, he's uh, – turned into the modern day, uh, one of the modern day greats on design. And looks like this place isn't going to be much different. Never seen it before, but let's just give you a little stats. 70, almost 7,500 yards, 74, 74, par 72. Greens are going to be running about a 12 on the stint meter. Uh, Bermuda throughout the whole club, whole golf course. So um, it's going to be um, – it's gonna be a good, it's gonna be a good test. Hopefully, you know uh, the one thing that we always see in these D WGC events is is uh, no cut. So when you think no cut, you think uh, you know pin years back and make some birdies. But looks like this tournament might be a little different. Might have a little bit of that Memphis feel, Joe. Yeah, I think that's fair to say, man. Um, we're, we're guessing a lot about this week, but from from everything we can find, this uh, golf course is going to play pretty tough, going to present a challenge for these guys. Certainly not going to be a steamroll type of situation, it doesn't appear. Um, long, a lot of room off the tee, so that's not a huge concern. Uh, but these green complexes, man, and the bunkering around them uh, is really, really intricate. Um lot of undulations on the green uh we've heard heard some people say masters talk about mas masters comparisons with the slopes and undulations on the greens so i'm going to be looking for guys that can uh hit their irons extremely well um i think you're, you're going to be targeting sections of these greens on certain days um so i'm looking for great iron players and i'm also looking for guys that can scramble um, I, I think around the green is going to be very important this week. It's not something I normally will give a ton of weight to, uh, kind of when I'm building models and looking for players, but certainly going to be uh, looking at that this week, scrambling ability and around the green ability. Uh, sand save uh, play is going to be important with all these bunkers. So, yeah, man, we want grinders, um, guys that can handle long golf courses, uh, I, I don't know that the, the par fives are super gettable this week. Um, I, I think there's going to be uh, at least a couple of them. We're looking at three-shot par fives. Um, so that's where I'm going <clears throat> as we dig into the salary scale. Uh, you know, we're, we're guessing a little bit more this week than we normally like to. Um, but it is a no-cut event, which is nice. So we feel like we've got a little room to breathe there as far as, you know, uh, trying to maybe take some shots or, or – maybe take some guesses uh we want our lineups to be unique this week um so yeah man that's uh the we're all kind of in the same boat this week kind of guessing as to what's going to work on this golf course uh which guys we can target that that will bring those traits to the table so it's going to be a really interesting one man absolutely let's dive right into the let's dive right into the um the field then uh 
big guns are out, like you said, uh, all the way down. DJ, Rom, Xander, JT, Rory, Cantlay, DeChambeau, Fina. list goes on and on. Uh, where are you starting at this week, Joe? Um, like we've talked about before, man, um, the, any of these guys above 10 are great players and can certainly win. I'm a DJ guy, so I'm I'm going right to DJ again up at the top is my my favorite play. Um, you have to love what he does, man. Uh, anytime you're talking about a hard golf course, DJ jumps to the top of the list. And then when you start getting into the Jack Nichols connection, the uh, Augusta National connection, uh, DJ checks those boxes as well. Um, obviously won the Masters in record fashion last year. Uh, won the Canadian Open at Glen Abbey, which is a Jack Nicholas golf course. Um, tough golf courses he plays well. He's a U.S. Open winner at, at Oakmont, kind of a notoriously tough course. So anytime uh, you're, you're looking to check those boxes, DJ pops in the conversation, not to mention he's playing unbelievably good golf. Had a little bit of a sluggish Sunday at Riviera, but was riding that thing till the end. Um, so DJ just jumps off the page as my favorite. Actually really interested in John Rahm this week, Andrew. Uh, haven't been too much to this point this year. Um, but he jumps out to me this week, uh, because of his improved play around the greens. We know that he won at Memorial last year, obviously, a, a Jack Nicholas design. He's played really well at the masters throughout his career. And he gained 8.6 strokes T to green last week, closed out really strong with the 66 on Sunday. Um, so I really love both the guys, uh, at 11 and above this week and DJ and Rom and then. You go down to Xander, it's kind of strange to see Xander above JT and Rory, but tough to argue with him being there. Um, we love Xander on hard golf courses. We know he's always in play, so you can certainly look at him. JT, man, you just have to feel like everything's not hitting on all cylinders right now. We talked about that last week. We were a little bit scared of him and proved to, proved to be right. Missed the cut at Riviera, man. Very surprising. Rory missed the cut as well. His first time missing the cut, I think, since the 2019 Open Championship or something, man. Just uh, kind of out of nowhere, missed cut for Rory. But we know both those guys can certainly come out and play well. And then Patrick Cantlay, I was all in last week. Um, he was right there heading into the weekend. And, man, um, he's a really good putter, but he's not a great timely putter, Andrew, if that makes any sense. Uh, a lot of times these guys need a little jolt to get around going or to save a par to hold around together. And I don't know how many putts I saw Cantley miss that he really, really needed to make. Um, but I like going right back to him, man. He, anytime you're on a kind of an unknown type of course, uh, he's the guy you want, can do everything really, really well. Won at the Zozo um, last year, which is a Sherwood's a Jack Nicholas design. Also a former Memorial winner. He's played really well at the Masters. So he kind of checks those Jack Nicholas boxes and certainly has a game to play well. So, I'm looking at DJ, looking at Rom, looking at Cantlay, uh, above 10 this week. What are you thinking, my man? And up high, there's so many places you could go. Um, I'm just looking for, you know, kind of what I would call red light, green light. Um, Rom, Xander, DJ <clears throat> are probably green lights. Uh, maybe John Rom, not as much for me. Uh, but definitely red lights on JT and Rory. And you get down to Cantlay and um, – just seems like I don't know. He's so solid, but there's not that dominating factor in his game. Um, 
you know, you got players, a few players like this on tour, like a Sun JM that's just very solid, or um, I, I, w- I would say Berger is that way, but Berger really has been playing better than Patrick. So I don't know, just he just doesn't uh, come off the page as just a dominating force. And, and really, in a tournament like this, that could be said, especially this length and, and the ties to Florida. I'll be honest, man. I, I'm tempted to DJ X everybody off all the way down, all the way to Tony with the Florida connection there. Um, I feel like, um, you know, Tony played well Memorial last year. Um, and he's playing great. I, I'm not going to say he's going to win because <laughs> you're just wasting your breath if you say that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, a, it's tough, tough to bounce back. I mean, when you lose in a playoff like that, man, it, t- it, it takes a lot of wind out of your sails, I feel like. Um, but if anybody can do it, it's Tony. I mean, we've seen him deal with kind of these disappointments, these high finishes, but n- not closing out the win. So, I mean, if anybody can bounce back, it's Tony. Um, sets up really well. Anytime you're looking at a long golf course that, that we expect to play tough, we, we've seen Tony play well at the Masters. We've seen him play well in U.S. Opens. Uh and then we got to talk about Bryson DeChambeau there at 99, man. Um, he's going to get a lot of publicity this week. Um, the only kind of major event that's ever been held at this course was the 2015 NCAA Championships. Bryson DeChambeau won that. Um, so one of the very few players in this field that we have any type of concrete course history uh, at concession. So a lot of people are going to be looking at Bryson. He disappointed last week at Riviera. Hasn't looked great to this point yet in 2021, Andrew. Um, maybe I'm maybe I'm a little off base here, uh, especially with the course history, but I'm just not feeling Bryson this week. We know he can get that driver going. Um, there's a ton of room to operate on this golf course, but I really think scrambling, short game, touch around the green is going to be important, and we just haven't seen that from Bryson lately. Uh, tell me if you think I'm I'm in the wrong direction there on him. No, and and I think we said it a lot last year that it was being overlooked that he was a he was putting like top five every week. Uh, you know, probably I don't know half a dozen weeks in a row there, and, and everybody was attributing to the 400 yard drives, but the guy was hitting at 400 and being the best putter of that week. I mean, yeah, he was knocking on the door, top three, you know, what, what, what was the top five, like eight straight events or something. So, you know, that's, that, 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 that kind of gets forgotten about. And so I'm, I'm going to be fading him until that putter gets hot again. So uh, if you remember when he first came out on tour, what was it? 16, maybe, I guess, um, 17, maybe 17, 16 or 17. Anyway, he, uh, you know, he put it real hot in the beginning and then he went away for almost a year. And, and I, I attribute that probably to putting more than anything. He was working on some other things, but that's just my opinion. Um, but like I said, you know, last week we, we said, I remember, I remember saying it out loud that this just feels like a top five Tony. And here we are again. I don't see how you don't roster Tony unless you're rostering DJ, because if you roster DJ, you won't have the, you won't be able to afford to put Tony in the lineup, but. Why not Tony? That's all I can say. And, and with the, where he's at, nine eight hundred, um, you know, you got some other explosive guys on long courses too. As far as Victor and Kepka and Berger are below him, and who knows about Patrick Reed? Right, every week, um, T Hatton for me, the golf course has got too much teeth, but 
who knows? You know, same thing with Simpson. They're able to compete. A uh, real interesting number for me, though, actually, I was looking at, and the main thing was is these number one strokes gain approach over the last 12 rounds is um, Morikawa sitting at 9,000. Not necessarily that I'm – he's not a sure in for me, but and, he, and his recent form has been less than good. But uh, I do like the price. So – you're going to be battling a little bit of that, Joe. Um, and then, then the next two I'm ever going to talk about, and I'll turn it back over to you, is uh, Sun JM, just an all-around good player, seems to play better on tougher golf courses. And uh, Cam Smith is just – he seems to be there all the time. No matter what kind of course it is anymore, he seems to be. And it might be the, the flow magic of the, uh, the sweet haircut he's got. I don't know. But uh, – <laughs> What's your what's your thoughts on that next little round of guys maybe going down through about eighty five hundred? A lot of explosive players, but yeah, yeah, there's a lot a lot of guys to lock. Um, specifically touching on Morikawa, man, lost seven point six strokes putting last week, gained seven point five strokes on approach, uh, which that was near the top of the field, if not the best in the field, uh, I believe. But lost seven point six strokes putting. Um, we were concerned about him tinkering with the new putting grip and obviously didn't work out well for him. Um, so that that's still a concern for me as well as his ability to scramble. I really love his iron play. We know it's great, but, man, it's just uh, he's really struggling on the greens right now, and these, by all accounts, are extremely tricky. Um, so it's tough to tough to jump on Morikawa, even though I do like that price. Um, Hatton, I may be – like a little more than you do. I feel like he's been playing extremely good golf. The guy's a grinder, um, a great scrambler. Um, this is going to be his first time back in the U.S. since November, but he's he's played great last year, won the Arnold Palmer in Florida last year, won the BMW over in Europe, and has a win already in Europe this year. Uh, won in Abu Dhabi, had a T6 at the Saudi tournament. So Hatton's just playing amazing golf. I feel like you have to look at him. Victor, we talked about last week, uh, Victor Hovland. One of our favorite plays, we felt like he was really priced at 8700 and he's up to 9400 this week, um, but he's coming in off a, a T2, a T6, and a T5 over his last three starts. We know that he can handle long golf courses. And then you mentioned Daniel Berger, um, kind of the Cantlay comparison, and I think that's fair. Those guys feel really similar, just good in every area of the game. Uh, obviously, Berger won at Pebble, so we know he's playing good golf. You can definitely look at him here and – Patrick Reed, man, kind of the one note um, that I wanted to walk away from after his farmer's victory was uh, ignore the stats and just play Patrick Reed on tough golf courses. Um, so that feels like it's what we're facing this week, Andrew. Uh, Reed's got the best short game in the world. We know he's obviously won the Masters, so can handle kind of similar, a course that we feel similar. And if short game is going to be important this week and scramble is going to be important week, there's nobody – Nobody better at it than Patrick Reed. So I've definitely got him circled. Going to have a little more interest in him than I normally do, even though you can never peg the guy statistically. Webb's kind of in that can't-lay-burger category for me. He's a guy that I always feel comfortable rostering, especially on courses where I don't know what to expect because I feel like he can handle any type of golf course. Um, so he's kind of been out of sight, a little out of mind a little bit, but I, I'm interested in Webb there. Um, as we close out the nine K's and then Cam Smith, love the haircut, love the game, love his ability to grind. Um, had a great week at Riviera. Obviously we saw him have the runner up finish at Augusta last year. So 
we feel like this is his type of track if, if it's what we're expecting it to be uh he's first in the field in strokes gained around the greens the last 12 rounds and we know that he just possesses one of the best short games in the world man he's a grinder uh, and then scotty scheffler i'm kind of interested in um we know he can handle long golf courses seen him play well on some tough tracks uh he's been flashing a little bit not with super high finishes but i feel like he's coming back around um and, and i just like him on big ballpark so i'm looking at scheffler there in the eights obviously man a wgc field tons of options that we can look at but those are kind of the guys that that i'm most interested in at first look this week yeah, I think uh, depending on what you're going to do with DJ and up top or what you're going to do up top is really going to define what you do the rest of the, day, the way through your lineup because of the expense you're going to have to pay. Uh, my strategy this week is going to be um, I like to stay a little young, man, on these on the unknowns because the unknowns, it really don't matter. Uh, the course history is not going to matter. Maybe pick some Florida guys. I don't know. Um we don't know. We don't know really anything about if anybody knows anything about this golf course as far as players, other than the the NCAA's being there. Um, so I think what's really going to be getting interesting, especially if you're going to play DJ, is what do you, you know? Your your next level is going to be around eight thousand. So what are you going to do there? And two guys that stick out to me, well, is is Joaquin Needham and Will Zalatoris, uh, eight thousand eighty one hundred. I'll be uh, I'll be. Uh, putting them in i mean neenham has played well at other jack nicholas golf courses zalatoris uh, is an i mean it's really amazing what he can do with the irons and he bombs it off the tee so he's a freak man yeah that that's i mean has there ever been a guy that just comes out at 20 years old and just leads the whole tour in ball striking that just I mean, he's he's really reminiscent of. of really reminiscent of of colin morikawa victor hovland um you know, uh, John Rom. I mean, uh, he he's in the in that category. Even though we seen we seen him do a tour of duty on the Corn Ferry Tour uh, for a year, whereas those guys could immediately right off the bat uh, kind of got on tour. But um, tremendous young player. I I was super high on his prospects last week. Kind of a bounce back week after a, a subpar outing at at Pebble Beach, and he came through. Played really really well. Neiman was right in the mix, and then um kind of lost it on the weekend but he's played tremendous golf up to this point in 2021 so i feel like you you're kind of hitting the nail right on the head there andrew those two guys that's a lot of firepower there at, at that 8k range and then when you dip down below them you can go the other direction um looking at louis o we've liked him a lot and, and if scrambling is going to be important uh you you have to consider louis on this track we know his master's record is you know impeccable and and he's played really well as of late so i think you can look at louie and then you know if we're talking short game man we're, we gotta gotta at least talk about jason day uh coming off his best uh, outing of the year at pebble um we we know that he's kind of the ultimate grinder um always a little worried about his iron play but if if it's one of those weeks where he's got it going uh he, he can do some damage and Justin Rose is an experienced vet that can handle these type of tracks. Um, actually played really well in his last uh, start over in Europe. So maybe he's heading back in the right direction a little bit. Um, you hate to put a lot of faith in Rose, but I think those three, those three veterans kind of 
on the flip side of the the youth aspect you can look at those guys and say hey they've they fought wars they've they've uh they've been there done that they've seen every type of course you can throw at them and, and so you know maybe they'll be able to handle this course a little better than these young guys dang it joe i i was hoping i was coming to your side of the aisle and you're pulling me back in you know uh, <laughs> i mean i'm a little surprised that the guys i'm kind of getting drawn to this week I, maybe it's Maybe it's from not knowing uh, what to expect on this course, Andrew. That kind of has me, kind of has me looking at these vets more than I normally do, um, because because you feel like they they've kind of seen it all. Um, but normally I'm I'm right with you on like, like a Neiman and a Zalatoris, and I'll definitely as the week goes on, I'm gonna I'm gonna f- get this thing figured out. But right now, kind of first look at this salary scale you're talking about. If you want to get a DJ in there, you're gonna have to work the seven K range. Um, and, and those, those vets stick out, man. Another guy, um, that we kind of not heard from since his huge, uh, huge win over in Hawaii and they got him down here at 7,500 Harris English, um, hasn't looked good since that win, Andrew. Um, but I think he's a guy that maybe we can try to buy the dip here, uh, at 75. What are you thinking, man? Well, you know, I, I was, I looked at him already and, and really kind of what, yeah, he played so bad at Tory. Yeah, the stats aren't good. Yeah, since, and, since the win. Yeah, um, probably waiting around to uh, maybe PGA uh, National before I look at him again, or or maybe even Augusta. To be honest with you, um, Augusta followed up with a, maybe a little uh, Hilton Head on top of that with him. That's just kind of course history for me. Looking forward, but um, you know, I, you know. Any normal week, if you looked at me and you said, "Hey, man, I'm thinking about Jason Day, Justin Rose, and Louis O," I'd be like, uh, "What are you waiting on?" If you just thrown Adam Scott in there, we probably would have uh, went ahead and had a happy marriage. You know, I mean, <laughs> I was big on Adam Scott last week, and he disappointed drastically. I mean, the putter was horrific last week. Um, yeah, I thought I thought he was a sure surefire. Um, but yeah, and hey, I'll tell you the truth. Um, you roster those three guys and and DJ, you got an average seventy five hundred left. That's a pretty good ways to work with. Jason Day, Justin Rose, Louio, DJ, you still got seventy fifteen thousand to work with. So yeah, I mean you don't you don't have to get a DJ in this week, um, but he's certainly my favorite up at the top. Um, and, and if you do want to go that route, yeah, you're gonna have to make some make some decisions in this seven K range. And I mean, I'm just trying to kind of go through there and see guys that I can, I can see myself maybe playing Mark Leishman's another guy. We're talking about just a, just a veteran. That's kind of a tried and true player. That's, that's been playing better this year after a horrible 2020. Um, if you want to talk young guys, man, Robert McIntyre is a name I'll throw at you. Kind of been making some waves over in Europe. Um, one over there back in November, he's only 24 years old. Uh, he's a big lefty and it has got an absolute ton of talent has played really well to this point uh in, in his starts in europe this year um so robert robert mcintyre is a guy you can look at and a guy that i think we'll be hearing a lot of uh kind of in the near future um as, as he starts making his way over here stateside a little more often carlos ortiz disappointed last week but we know he's volatile so you know maybe Maybe he's a guy we go back to at seventy three hundred. Really good scrambler. Um, we know he can score, so certainly a guy we can he, we can look at. And uh, Bubba's 
same can be said for him kind of with the the masters connection uh if these greens are going to be similar to that and then maybe my favorite guy down here in the lower sevens is is a guy we hadn't seen in a little while ron palmer um has uh three top fives in his last five starts uh we saw him finish runner up at memorial last year so he's he's kind of good on nicholas courses has a has a solid heritage track record i believe so Ryan Palmer is a guy that I'm I'm really interested in down here in these lower sevens. Um, who's sticking out to you down here, Andrew? You gonna make any stabs in this? I can't this believe kind of you, I can't believe you walked range? you walked right over my man Leishman, seventy four hundred. Uh, I mentioned him. Uh, you know, I'm I'm interested, but I don't know, man. Uh, he's good around uh, the greens. He's a great yeah. putter, and he's a great. Yeah. Uh, he hits his irons great. Uh, biggest issue with him is you know he gets a little way with his driver from time to time um we haven't seen should much have, of him should have room to operate uh from from what we're hearing about this layout a uh, lot of room to operate off the tee so you know that might be a, might be a name we want to dig into as the week goes on yeah i, I love co-crack um on nicholas tracks however to be honest with you man especially with this field i feel like you know a good co-crack week is still 20th or 16th or, you know, and you really need somebody to jab in there as the top five up here, you know, one yeah. and a, a name that got me on Palmer there. Um, just yeah. thinking, you know, man, he, he's the kind of guy, yeah, he might not get there, but when he's playing, he's really playing and, and a top five seems, you know, within shouting distance there at 72 for, for a guy like him. Same can be said of Ortiz, um, even though he had a bad week last week. Um, they, they, we're just looking for guys. I, at least I am personally. I'm looking for guys. I'm not worried about. Um, I'm not really worried about consistency on a week like this, where there's 72 players in the field and no cut. I mean, I'm I'm looking for pure upside. Um, so so guys like Palmer and Ortiz stick out down there as guys that can you know log you a top five in this type of event. Well, um, it, you know, if we're looking at around the greens and stuff, um. Some a, a name it really I don't know why sticking out. There's no reason why. What about Shane Lowry? I mean, I know he's a great iron player. That's his that's his mo. Um, but he's a grinder. Um, yeah. You know, it's like feast or fam with him anyway. You know. Right. Yeah, I've I've tried getting I've tried kind of getting back on the Lowry bandwagon there since the open. I I really was locking him around that time. And if I'm remembering right, I had him in a lot of rosters that week. He won the Open. Um, and I've tried to get back on the bandwagon a couple times, um, you know, hoping that, that he's that he's getting back in the right direction, but just never quite took off. Um, maybe this is the week, man. I mean, he's like you said, he's a, he's a grinder. He's a scrambler. We've seen him play really well in, in major championships, obviously won the Open has had a couple of really deep U.S. Open runs. Um, so, you know, if this this golf course is going to play as tough as we're thinking, uh, Lowry's a guy we can look at. Um, he's been playing mostly over in Europe, hadn't made a start in the U.S. this year. So, you know, we've not got to really see him up close unless you've been watching the Euro Tour. Um, but but Lowry's a guy that, that's certainly had some success in major championship on tough tracks. Okay, so moving down now to the sixes, um, you know, I, I, well – so I'll say it, I skipped right over Billy Ho and, and Kevin Kisner on, on, you know, um, Kisner, I feel like the course is probably going to be too big for him, but he, like he said, 20th pace pretty good too. Um, 
Billy Ho is yeah, interesting. Everything pays pretty good this week. Yeah. Billy, Ho- <laughs> hey, hey, Joe, you know what pays pretty decent? Hitting a tee shot in WD and two. You got to throw that. You know, you know we, were, we were talking about that the other day, kind of the infamous burger um, that, that hurt me so bad that week. I think they changed that rule. I think I'm not sure. I'm going to do a little checking on that, but I'm going to tell you, I think they – I think they changed the rule. I, I don't know if they call it the burger rule, <laughs> but I think you maybe have to like play around or something now to, to get paid. So yeah, moving down the sixes. Um, I really want to play Gary Woodland this week. Um, has not played great. We had that one little week of maybe a little sharp hope that maybe he's playing a little better, but really down here, I'm seeing uh, Woodland, Lanto Griffin, not not yet, not ready to get back with Sebastian Munoz. I mean, it's closer, but not ready. Um, other than that, that's about it for me, Joe, um, down here. Maybe Lanto Griffin leads the case for me. Yeah, I, know, I, I know there's some more talent down here. I'm just not ready to jump on board on any of these guys. Yeah, it's tough, man, uh, especially when you see all the quality up at the top. Um, it, it gets tough as you get down here. Um, Lanto, like you said, sticks out to me. I, I'm – I'm just letting the Woodlands ship sail by me. Uh, it's one of those things, if it gets me, it gets me. Uh, I just don't have have faith built back up in him yet. Um, answer hadn't looked like himself. Um, I mean, you, you talk about veterans, you can look at guys like Westwood and Nah. They're probably not going to be in my lineups, but certainly guys you can look at. And if you want to go youth, uh, you can look at Rasmus Hogard down there. Um, he's an up-and-comer that we've talked about on the show a couple times. He's, he's only made a couple starts in the U.S., but just a young man, 19 or 20 years old. I can't remember with a, with a ton of talent. He won a couple times on the Euro Tour. And then Thomas Dietrich down there, you'll probably hear a little bit about him. He's at 6,600. Um, he's a European Tour player as well um, and finished third in the 2015 NCAA Championships here, the ones that Bryson won. Uh, Thomas Dietrich was playing golf in the States at the time and had a T3 in that event and, and has played pretty well uh, in Europe this year. So Dietrich's a guy down there that's probably going to get some uh, some publicity around the DFS industry this week. But he's a viable play, a guy you can look at. And after Dietrich, there's not a ton that I love, Andrew. I normally like try to find a couple guys to throw out there, but just not much down there this week. I'd normally say EVR, but it's just been – pretty brutal with him to this point this year um so not a lot that i love under thomas dietrich there at 66 yeah i agree like i said i mean I, i'm really drawing a line in the sand after lanto and i actually like him a lot um especially this price um i just don't see it man um you know there, there's some guys i could get behind here on other 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 tracks just not here uh and we don't know a lot about these internationals either that fill up the bottom here so and that's one good thing about the wgc does you know they're spread out quarterly so we get to see a little bit of it you know this plus with the major championship and you know cameron champ still out this week at 6500 we definitely would have gave him a look um after doing a little uh, reading up on it you know man uh hope everything's okay with him back home yeah uh, with, yeah for with, sure with all that going on with snowmageddon so uh, i will say this about bradenton florida uh, that's where I, I was in that area and and, and the weather is perfect okay <laughs> so uh, it was uh, 65 lows and 75 highs every day uh, long sleeve t-shirt and flip-flop and short weather so 
Sounds um, nice right about now. It's it's been a pretty cold couple of weeks here in, in East Tennessee. Cold for us anyway. Hey, I felt like I brought some of it back with me. I come back and it's fifty five degrees. People yeah, have yeah, without their shirts on. It's warmed up the last couple of days, man. You picked a terrific week to go on vacation because it was absolutely brutal here last week. <laughs> the coldest, coldest kind of week stretch I can remember in a long time. But yeah, I don't imagine the weather's going to play any factor. I kind of looked at that earlier today and it looks like it's going to be perfect. So I don't think there's going to be any uh, wind or anything to deal with, kind of like we saw last week at Riviera or at Pebble. Um, kicking off the Florida swing, man. We hadn't really got a chance to talk about this episode, but. We're gone from the West Coast, Andrew. We're on to Florida. Um, we, we've got this tournament. We've got the uh, the Honda, the Arnold Palmer, the players coming up. And then before you know it, we'll be sliding into the Masters. So as we kind of move on into the schedule, uh, we'll, we'll continue to obviously talk about tournaments every week. And and there's, there's some guys that play really well on the West Coast every year. And there's some guys that kind of kick things off in the Florida swing every year and get going. So... We're seeing a little bit of a change. Uh, this is kind of a kind of a change week in the PGA Tour schedule, if you will. Normally, they would be going down to Mexico and then Florida, but heading uh, heading right to Florida this week and getting ready to get that portion of the schedule started. So, this should be a really good tournament. Um, kicking off a really strong uh, kind of stretch of golf coming up. So, really looking forward to it, man. A lot of ways we can go this week, as there usually is in these WGC events. You can uh, lean on your favorite up at the top, a DJ or Rom, a Xander, uh, and then kind of kind of build from there. Or you can kind of stack these guys up if you feel like kind of fading the top end of the scale. You can stack up a a Berger and a Cam Smith and a and a Patrick Reed and a Webb. You can get four of those type of guys in your lineup if you're if you're willing to kind of take the chance of fading the top of the scale. A lot of different ways to go. I'm not sure which way I'll be going this week. Um, you can check out my articles throughout the week at Roto Baller and kind of kind of get my thoughts on that. Um, but but we're really making educated guesses, man, on a golf course that we've never seen. Uh, just just going to be one of those fun kind of throw some GPP lineup in. Uh, have a fun week for me. Yeah. Um, real quick before we get to the where's your heart at this week play of the week. Um, Jordan Spieth, man. Uh, did guy. not disappoint. Did not disappoint. I don't even know where he finished. Maybe 16th. I don't, I don't even know. Wait, wait, let me pull it up. Uh, I think Jordan. he had like a T15 or T16 or something. Yeah. Jordan Spieth. Oh, appreciate you, Molinar. I didn't realize you snuck into the top 10 after topping it, having food poisoning last week. Uh, T15, four under, man, that's strong on this course for his, yeah, you know, for his, um, I'm not gonna say handicap with distance, but that, that's strong. This course has never played, he, he's had, he struggled with Riviera, it does not fit his game at all. Um, getting pretty close back down to the top 50 in the world, we're gonna be seeing yeah, him in the WGC, so he's very close to being in this week, man. Yeah, but he's gonna, he's gonna hit some spots like, like this week. He's not in. I don't know that he's in for the players right now. Um, I don't know that he's in for the WGC match play, which is right before the Masters. So we're going to hit a couple of things um, where he's maybe not going to be able to play um, because he has had such kind of a down couple, three years. So unfortunately, we're, we're not going to be able to see as much as Spieth as we might want to uh, with him playing this type of golf. But yeah, man, super impressive. I was... 
I was scared off last week by the price tag. Uh, obviously, we talked about him on here. We were pulling for him, but just couldn't quite pull the trigger at that price tag he had. But he came through, man. Was right in the mix over the weekend up until kind of kind of fading out Saturday afternoon, Sunday morning. Yep. So, Joe, where's your heart at? Oh, good question. <laughs> good question, man. This is a tough, even a, this is a tough heart week. I'm going to go, uh, before I think about it too long, just because I told myself the last time uh, that he was on a hard, hard golf course and he won, uh, I was going to always look at him on tough courses. I'm going to say Patrick Reed. Back to back, Pat. Patrick can't lay last week, Patrick Reed this week. I was thinking, I was thought, I for sure thought we was going to see a John Rom out of you come out of your lips right then. I like Rom. I, I like Rom this week more than I've liked him in a while. And I'm not sure if it's just the memorial thing and kind of the Masters crossover there with the with the Nicholas layouts. But I like, his, like where his around the green game is. I like how he closed out at Riviera. A lot of times we see guys have good final rounds and they're able to carry that momentum over to the next week. Um, I mean, I think that's something we see quite a bit. So, yeah, I definitely do like Rom this week also. Yeah, I mean, tied seventh at Farmers, tied 13th at Waste Management, tied fifth at Genesis. It feels, like he, it feels like he hadn't done anything, Andrew. But he when does. you run, when you run down the results, they're really, really good. Um, yeah. But you know, he, he's just one of those players now that he's he's a top five player in the world, considered elite. And if he's not winning tournaments, you know, we're right there down to the wire. We kind of feel like, eh, he's not doing much. But when you look at those results, man, played really good golf. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say it, Joe. Where's it at? Where's your heart? Where's your heart play, Andrew? In full. So where's the um, where's the um, the side event this week? Puerto Rico. Okay. For the for since he won this week I a few see, years I see, back, I see where you're going here, and I like it. Tony Finau takes the top off and wins a WGC event this week. All right. And unless he three puts from like two foot. I don't know, man. Losing that playoff last week. It might I mean, they're it gonna would, fire him up. A, it would have been so much easier on Tony if Homer would have just made that putt on the last hole and just beat him, you know, without Tony having to go to the playoff. Because Tony went out and shot sixty six, had a great round. I mean, he closed out strong. He he can walk away feeling like he did all he could do if Homa makes that putt and just beats him in regulation. Yeah. But Homa missing that putt, giving him life, only to then beat him in the playoffs, somehow made everything even worse for Tony. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know. I, I I feel like it's a Tony Berger rom. It's, that's, that's where I'm at in my mind. And, of course, you know, DJ, come on. I mean, we're – in DJ We Trust podcast, so uh, that's right. Uh, I, I feel like, uh, <clears throat> but I, my my heart saying uh, Tony Berger, Rom. So I, I'm actually gonna I'm gonna. I mean, there's courses on out there now. Not everybody can do this, but there's courses out there that t- Tony can shoot 66 on. John Rom can shoot 66 on. That other guys can't break 70 on. Yeah, and I don't know what it is. I'm guessing it's just where they get so hot with the irons and they hit the ball so far off the tee. Anyway, uh, that's that. Uh, I, I'm just gonna, probably gonna regret this, but Tony Finau, and and it might not reflect in my one and done. So, 
And we're, putting, we're putting Tony down in red ink as the heart play. Yeah, there you go. Tony Finau. Uh, Joe, that's uh, been good catching up. Uh, let's go Let's go watch this WGC event. Interesting seeing the concession golf club. Uh, he's Joe Nicely. I'm Andrew Putters, rotoballer.com. Thank you. Use the promo code NICE. This is the Turn Fantasy Golf Podcast. That was my first big mistake. I've already hit three in the lake. It's gonna dry.